Hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design. We're so glad you're here. I'm Kimberly Selden, and hey, I'm so glad I'm here. I've been on the road again, and it's been a long time, you know, COVID interrupted a lot of that. But I had the pleasure and the honor to be part of the BOD Boss Group in Dallas last week. And what an amazing experience it was. I actually have goosebumps thinking about it. We've dreamed of setting this group up for so long. I created boss groups to be what I desperately wanted as an ambitious designer, a planned path for growth, strategy, and the motivation and accountability I needed from other professionals working the way I was working. And I'm happy to say that it has not only met our expectations, but actually wildly exceeded them. We are forming another boss group. May 4th, we're having an information Zoom meeting, everything you want to know about boss. And unlike the first time we held this meeting, it was Cheryl, it was Janine, it was myself, Unlike the first time where we had hopes and dreams for the group, this time we have concrete testimonials from actual boss members who not only say it's working as expected, but it's working beyond their wildest dreams. So I couldn't be happier, and we would love for you to consider applying to be a boss member. So come out on May 4th and find out what that is all about. May 4th, 1 p.m. EST, it will be recorded. You do have to register for the event, although it's free. So immediately following the Boss Adventures in Dallas, I flew to Santa Monica and we hosted the BOD Elite Retreat Santa Monica. And again, like, oh my gosh, it was epic. It was so great. And the group has pushed me to raise my rates in a twist on the usual, which is kind of amazing. Not only that, there were a dozen other things I need to implement based on the conversations we had. And the two private homes we toured, I can't even tell you how exceptionally gorgeous they were. And to spend time with the architects was really amazing. And I think we were all inspired and just ready to come back and do better work. Aim higher, you know that feeling. So hopefully you'll join us next year, Elite Retreat Malibu. We're going to focus our attention on uh, further down the coast, and uh, we've got incredible lessons already in the works uh, being created for next year, April. So think about that. And for those of you who are BOD members, and I hope that's everyone listening, if you haven't done it yet, really you should. But if you are a BOD member, on the 11th of May, we will be dissecting top line. What is top line? How do I use it? How does it work? How does it keep my team accountable? That is happening on May 11th. Now, you're probably wondering about this show. What about this show? This is an amazing episode. I was so happy to meet Thomas Nation. He was referred to us by a BOD member, and we were able to have a conversation based on his experience in construction law. He's a solicitor for Harrison Clark and Rickersby, hcr.com, and you'll hear Thomas mention the website as well. So if you are in England and you would like legal counsel, this seems like a great place to start. Um, Thomas clears up some of the confusion around how we might procure safely on behalf of our clients, but 
as always, we encourage you to seek local advice and make sure you're always compliant federally and locally and make sure your insurance covers your method of operation as well. Thomas has great advice about the difference Again, this is for England, the difference between being an agent and a principal. I actually function as both from time to time. And most importantly, what needs to happen in your contract to make sure that you are in compliance? We're really glad you're here. Let's get right into the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Well, thank you, first of all, Thomas. I was looking forward to this, and um, I expected you to be significantly older. Oh, I think uh, think you're flattering me there. (laughs) Flattering me. That's hilarious. Um, so we got your uh, name and information from a Business of Design member, Lisa Burtis, and she's originally from Australia, from Sydney, but she moved to the Cotswolds. And somehow Lisa ended up speaking to you and um, suggested that we get in touch. And I was thrilled with the introduction. Yes. Well, um, thank you to Lisa for, uh, for, for, for putting, putting our name down. Thank you. Yeah, excellent. We have a complicated problem that only um, somebody who has experience can probably give us any insight into. And the problem for interior design professionals increasingly is a set of restrictions around what we can and cannot do on behalf of our clients, specifically what we can purchase on behalf of our clients. So the way it works in the two cities I live in, which are Toronto and Santa Monica, is I am, if I am a consumer, if I am Mrs. Smith who wants to decorate my home, I can hire anyone I want straight out of the a Yelp review or off the street or go down to the Home Depot and pick them up and put them in my car and bring them home and have them renovate my house. That's okay. That's allowed. But as an interior design professional, I'm not supposed to be able to hire a plumber, for example, or a an electrician or a contractor that I've worked with for 20 years on behalf of the client, somebody that I've vetted, somebody I can vouch for, someone who's honorable and does good work. I'm not supposed to be able to do that. And it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And all of us are kind of looking for a workaround. Right. Okay. Well, that's, that's interesting, Kim. But I mean, I, I, I should say, first of all, um, to my expertise and knowledge is in English law. So, um, I can certainly uh, give some pointers for your members about how it works here. I know you've got members all all over the world, um, particularly in Canada and the US. Um, and I, I have to be honest, I have no idea how the uh, how the position works there. Um, uh, but what we what, what people often ask us about, um, I, I should say, we're I'm a solicitor, and um, our firm's Harrison Clark Rickabees. We top, 
hundred UK law firm, but uh, one area of practice that we're in that I'm in is construction industry law, which um, interior designers do fall uh, within the ambit of that. Um, and what we're often asked about is what's the difference between supplying goods or say services, which you mentioned there, uh, as a principal or, or as an agent. Uh, and I think that's um, that, that sort of ties into what, what you're talking about there. Can you define for us what in what it means principal versus agent, what those two terms mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think a lot of people get get hung up on this, but but actually the, the distinction is is quite straightforward. If I'm supplying something as a principal, I'm just a retailer really. Um, and that could be that I've got a literal shop, physical shop, or an internet shop. Um, but probably if I'm an interior designer, I'm 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 supplying stuff. Um, so I'm thinking FF and E furniture and so on mostly here um i'm supplying it as part of a package aren't i so i've got a consultancy package with my client and i'm i'm supplying it um as part of that package uh, that, 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 that that's pretty straightforward really so i buy it in or, or make it even um and sell it on hopefully at a profit um so that's that's what that is can i clarify that so oh, yeah, i'm a principal i don't have yep. a bricks and mortar store i do make purchases on behalf of clients um it, it, is that a principle ah uh, right so if you're thinking about making a purchase on behalf of a client i think what you're talking about there is being their agent um so the difference there is that someone else um another retailer say could be a brick and mortar store um they're supplying the item uh, but i'm just helping to coordinate that um as as, as the agent so I think the, the example I often give, I'm trying to explain this to people, is uh, imagine you were going to go and get some uh, very specific piece of art for your clients, so Rembrandt or something like that. You probably wouldn't, would you, Kimberly, go down and buy it yourself at an auction and then try and resell it on with a markup, would you? you what you would do is you would go down to an art gallery, speak to a dealer, or go to an, go to an auction on your client's behalf, um, and and procure it and help to be the middle the middle person I suppose that's agency I suppose put 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 very simply you're you're an intermediary facilitating it does that does that does that sort of make sense or, or? well okay let's let's use an example that's not a Rembrandt because that okay. that maybe throws what people are expecting but let's say I want to purchase a beautiful piece of furniture a dining room table on behalf of my clients. My clients are super busy people. They trust me. I show them a picture of the dining room table. I tell them this is what it costs. And then they give me the money and I go and purchase that dining room table. Because I have experience purchasing, I'm going to be able to ask all the right questions when I'm placing that order. You know, for example, is delivery included? Is this a walnut finish? Is this a wax, a hand wax finish versus the high gloss finish I see? Right? There's going to be a number of things that I'm going to want to secure when I'm placing this order on behalf of the clients. But in fact, I do ask my clients to give me the money and I go and purchase the table. I see. So I think uh, what you're talking about there um, is purchasing as an agent. But I would want to say there that the, the important thing is that it's clarity. I think clarity as to the relationship is key. Um, the relationship between you, your client, and whoever it is you're getting this item on off of. Um, uh, because ultimately, it's, it's, 
we could go and we can't really do a tick box exercise necessarily and say, oh, well, you did this and you did this, but you didn't do this. Therefore, it's, you, you know, you're an agent. It's, it's the objective position that, 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 that we need to look at, really. So um, um, my advice there is, is, is if that's how you want things to be done, if you're, if you're going to be an agent, you really need to make that clear to your clients at, at the start. And I, I can talk a bit more about, about how that's often done in, in, in contracts, but, but um, if, if, that, if that would help. Um, but I hope, I hope I'm, that's sort of making some sense for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I that is clear in my contract that I will do that on behalf of clients. Um, my contract also says that the fact that the clients have given me money to make the purchase is their approval that I'm going to make the purchase. Sure. I suppose it's, it's a difficult one, really, because um, I'm you're sort of describing it, the situation where you are. Um, but I think, um, you know, when, if I'm advising interior designers in England... Um, you know, the, 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 the money is quite important um, and just making clear what uh, purpose it's being given for. Um, when you're acting as an agent, you know, you're, you're doing more than just um, getting, getting the goods for them. You are taking on quite a lot of responsibility as a professional for your client. You are acting on their behalf. So any money that you're receiving, uh, you need to be very clear that, it, that whose money, that it is their money that you're spending on their behalf. Whereas if you were to go and sell goods at a profit, you know, that's a slightly different, slightly different thing. I hope that's, that's sort of making some sense. Right. It sounds like if I'm on holidays in, um, Paris and I find a vase that I love and I purchase that vase and then later I sell that to the client, I'm acting in that case as the principal I think so. That's 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 right. That's 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 right. So, so you're buying something and selling it on. Okay. And are I suppose and I know I know it's going to laws are going to vary by every country that that is listening. So you absolutely must seek legal counsel where you live. But part of the solution seems to me to be a contract that is clearly written so clients understand exactly how their money is being used, what it's being used for, and what our obligation is when we take their money. I, I quite agree. Uh, so as you say, you know, a bit of a disclaimer, I'm just sort of talking in general terms. Do get your own advice, um, whether you're in England, whether you're in America, um, whether you're in Ireland or whatever it is, uh, because all these things will be a little bit different. Um, but clarity as to the relationship is absolutely key. Um, and, you know, whilst you can have a contract that is verbal, um, if there was ever any argument as to what was and wasn't agreed, it's all a bit difficult, isn't it? So uh, having having a contract that's very clear and in writing, which lays out what your responsibilities are uh, towards your clients, what exactly you're going to go and do, um, is, is absolutely essential. And there are a number of ways that's commonly done, um, in England, which I can talk about. Um, I just want to talk about another thing, if it's okay, Kimberly, um, which I think a lot of people perhaps don't quite appreciate when they're acting as someone's agent and going and getting, for example, a vase or, or whatever it is really, um, is that you do need to be very clear about, let's come to your money point, um, that, that you can't make any kind of um, profit on doing that, which isn't disclosed and agreed um, with your clients. Uh, and that includes actually uh, even even trade discounts, which you don't if you don't disclose them. Um, but if you get the benefit of them, uh, then that is 
uh, certainly in England anyway, probably going to be um, unlawful. And that's another reason why having a, um, a contract that lays out the position very clearly is, is important uh, and lays out any any commissions or, or any um, any time that you're charging for and profit that you're making. Interesting. We don't say exactly what our commission is, but what we say is we will share 50-50 any trade discounts. So if a, if a chair costs $100 retail and we purchase it for $800 wholesale, we sell it to the client for $900. And the client knows that the chair cost $1,000 retail. They know that it was $800 wholesale. And they know that we've sold it to them for that price in the middle. Right, right. So um, if you're acting as the principal and you're going and buying this this item and then reselling it, um, you know, you can charge what you like, really. Um, uh, and you don't have to um, disclose what you got it for. It's when you're acting as an agent where this clarity is is really important. You're acting for them. You're, you're on their side, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So everything needs to be transparent um with them um if that if that makes any sense yeah and it i guess it sounds like i do both i'm a principal and i'm an agent and therefore my contract needs to make sure it covers me in both of those functions yes i think i think i i, I agree i mean again accepting your um you're 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 you know you're you're in toronto but um uh, that i advised quite a number of interior designers in england too do a bit of both, depending on the circumstances, and there, uh, and I've helped them with their contracts and making sure that, that it covers both um, scenarios. But I think it's that it's the clarity, um, and, and I don't just mean in written contracts, but also sitting down and, and having a chat with the client, really, and mm-hmm. so that they understand where they are, so that they don't come back and um, and feel that that, that that things weren't weren't clear. I mean, there's quite a lot um, that, that, that could also be said about about all this in terms of. Um, liability for we'll just talk about goods for now for goods if something uh goes wrong because all of that varies as well um in terms of um in in, in terms of whether you're acting as an agent or, or as a principal wow um i'm also thinking that um is there a distinction um i know we've talked a fair bit about goods but what if i'm hiring the painter and again we ask our trades to give us preferred pricing. So the price that they're going to give me as someone who hires them repeatedly um, is different than the price they're going to give Mrs. Smith, who they met on the street. And we have those both of those prices in writing, and we share that difference with our clients. And again, that's in my contract. But does, does the law, I guess the law might change vis-a-vis trades versus goods. Uh, I think it, it's something we could go on and on um, about. I mean, certainly um, there are all sorts of uh, regulations that apply to supplying goods as opposed to supplying services. Um, but you certainly can um, act as an agent uh, with respect to supplying, you know, the, the coordinating some other tradesperson to do a, a specialised job, and that, that goes on all the time. Or you can do it yourself, you know, that, that essentially you're... Um, that, that, that you're you're also making the supply um, uh, for, for of whatever it is. Um, so I think I think you know it, it's it, the same sort of principles apply in that you've got to have absolute uh, clarity and um, an understanding. And 
uh, I think also, Kimberly, it's not just about clarity with the client. I think when you're placing an order and having that, making the, that contact with whoever it is who's supplying the, the goods, say, um, you know, it's making clear that they understand the relationship um, and who and who they are working for. Because if they're, after all, if they're, if you're the agent, they're the principal, um, but they need to know that, that they're selling it to your customer um, uh, and that you're just there to coordinate things and to help organize things and so on. Um, I mean, there's, 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 a, there's quite a lot of things that could be talked about here in terms of, um, you know, how, the, how liability can work and the sorts of contracts that are available. And, you know, I could, I could talk a little bit about those if you like, but um, I mean, over to you really, it's, it's, it's sort of what, what, um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, we could, we could spend days and days talking to you, but I guess the bottom line is you have to consult with someone who has expertise in the field who can advise you on what needs to be in your contract and what are best practices for you so you avoid getting yourself in trouble. And I guess I guess getting yourself in trouble would be the, the threat of a lawsuit or a lawsuit. Yeah, so I, I, th- I suppose some of the pitfalls uh, uh, that are there, some of the risks that are there, um, is if, if goods are supplied and something's wrong with them, I mean, hopefully we're just talking about they're faulty or something rather than they're dangerous. Um, who's actually liable for that? Now, in England, there's all, all sorts of uh, legislation that comes into play um, about this. And I could, you know, I won't list off a whole load of acts of parliament because I think it would, it would um, send you and your listeners to sleep. Um, but, but I'll just focus on, on one bit, which is the Consumer Rights Act, which, is, which came in in 2015. Um, and one of the things that that says is that goods supplied have to be of satisfactory quality, and if they're not, consumers have got various rights to um, to, to to return them and, and, and so on. Um, and the thing that's really important here is that these rights only apply to people who are not in business. So I think that for most people in your trade, I think a lot of your clients are um, domestic customers, but it, but it would be different if you're dealing with a business. Um, and so there, the clarity as to who who's actually supplying the goods uh, is really, really important, whether you're the principal or the agent, is really, really important. If um, you're selling as, a, as, the, as the principal and there's a problem with the goods, potentially this is on you, um, if that makes sense. If you're acting as an agent, as long as you're within the scope of what's been agreed um, as an agent, uh, you know, as long as you're acting within your authority as agent, the liability is, 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 on, is on the um, the supplier. Now, that's not to say you won't try and help, uh, as I'm sure, sure you would, um, and clients are going to want a single point of call. So they're probably going to call you up anyway. Um, but, but in terms of the legal liability, the bottom line um, for goods, if you're supplying as an agent... Uh, that that is on on the retailer now. And there it is. As I was listening to the edited version, I thought that this bears just a little explanation and maybe some hammering home the fine point. The bottom line is these two categories, agent being the person who procures on behalf of the client acting as the client's representative, but not necessarily making a markup on goods, and principal purchasing still on behalf of a client, but making a markup on goods. In both scenarios, and again, this is English law only, and these are generalizations, so you really do want to make sure you seek your own legal advice, but in both of those scenarios, 
The key is to be clear in writing with your clients about how you're working and where the money is at all times. There's no getting around it. Transparency and clarity are the key to survival. And Thomas makes it really clear here that even if you go the agency route in this example and you procure on behalf of clients, but you don't have any profit built into that procurement, that does limit your liability for sure, but it is not a bulletproof vest. When litigation happens, everybody gets sued. That's how it works. And you could find yourself in a situation where you're having to take responsibility and liability, financially at least, for a situation that's gone wrong, which is why I would rather act as a principal in this scenario where I do, in fact, have a percentage of profit built into the product I procure on behalf of clients, and in the event something goes wrong, I will take the percentage that I've earned and I will make the problem go away. And when I say go away, I'll make the problem right. I'll correct the problem for the client because a lawsuit happens because the client is dissatisfied about something. And I think all of us agree our job is to make sure that when that happens, we come up with a resolution. And let's be honest, sometimes the fastest way to resolve something is to throw money at it. Everybody's frustrated. Everybody's exhausted. Some number would fix the problem quickly. And I want to always be in a position where I have available to me that number, if that makes sense. Hilariously, I'm out um, sourcing tile right now, so I'm recording this on my phone, and uh, I just felt the need to add this to the show before it aired. Uh, Let's get back into the conversation with Thomas. Thanks for letting me butt in. And, you know, in terms of avoiding lawsuits, as you say, I really don't recommend anyone uh, go around and have, say, profits that aren't disclosed, commissions that aren't disclosed, or take backhanders. I mean, we all know it goes on. There's unscrupulous people. Uh, But in England, certainly, if you're um, taking a benefit and not um, disclosing it, in theory, uh, you could come within the bribery act, which is really quite serious. Um, So it is something that I do suggest people at least have a think about. Um, Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not not trying to scare everyone, but... It's something that I suggest people do have a think about. Does that mean they go and speak to uh, lawyers like ourselves and get some some specific advice? Possibly, um, you know, we 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 can we certainly something we do do at times is draft uh, contracts that deal with things specifically as, as as interior designer wants it. I don't know. I think hiring a quality solicitor is a really good investment in my future. And most of us have a terrible fear of being sued. or um, So that's why my policy has always been be as transparent as possible so everybody knows who's making money and how they're making money and how that works. And then perhaps... I mean, we, we hear this from designers all the time. They're They're very afraid of being sued very afraid of that but what uh, what reason would there be to sue you if everybody knows exactly how you're making who's making money and when as you say something goes wrong you're willing to step up and fix it yeah i mean there's the the risk of a dispute and the risk of being sued is always there in business isn't it um it's just a reality um and it's a risk that i suppose everybody be it solicitors or be it, be it interior designers or, or decorators have to um, always think about. Um, 
uh, having a contract uh, and an agreement that has been tested is, um, you know, is clear. And having a relationship which everyone understands where they fit in is always, is, 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 is really going to help avoid it, hopefully. I mean, if everyone understands where they are, they're less likely to, because I think a lot of disputes, don't they? And I'm sure you've come, you've, you've come across this, come from people not understanding where they are or, or feeling um, that, 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 that things weren't clear. So I think, um, I think, I think you make a good point there. You are, your focus is construction law, you said. So what keeps you up at night? What are the, what are the situations that come across your desk that are, um, that are keeping us all busy? Oh, right. So, I mean, doing construction law, um, we might act for, for all sorts of things. I mean, interior designers is uh, are one batch of our clients, certainly. Um, but we also deal with um, uh, property developers or bigger building contractors or other professionals like architects, people like that. Uh, so any, anyone in that, in that uh, ambit we, we, we might uh, work with, or even people who are building their own house, say, uh, want some help on getting the contracts um, in place. In terms of what keeps me up at night, I think I'd, I'd focus on for interior designers, I think, rather than get into a big lecture about all the things going on in the construction industry. Um, I think it's, it's the things that, that I would flag are, are you properly insured for any problems? Um, do you have the right sort of insurance and do you understand what is covered and what isn't? There's different types of insurance that professionals get that cover different scenarios. Do you have what you need? Um, have you got a contract that's, that's, uh, that works, that's, that's legally enforceable? Um, does it, does, you know, does it, does it work? Is it clear? Um, does it lay out the reality of what's actually going on and what's, um, being agreed? Um, and yes, I think just coming back to what I said earlier, you know, have all the, if you are, especially if you're acting as an agent, have all the, um, the benefit you're taking, the, the profit, be it as a markup or as a time-based charge, is all that transparent and clear? Um, but those, those are the, the main things, I think, that, that in this realm of what we're talking about, those are the things that that, um, uh, do you end up control. working, do you deal with a lot of negligence? Do, do you find yourself looking at a situation where somebody's just behaved badly? Uh, certainly it's something we, we, we do. So we do both sides uh, of, of, of legal practice in this. So one being, it's often, it's often called contentious, which is uh, disputes. And that covers things like breach of contract, negligence, as you say, people, um, who have a duty, if so, which means someone has a duty of some kind that the law recognises, and they breach that, um, which you know, that can sort of go beyond what's in a written contract. Um, we also deal with the, the non-contentious side, which is sort of setting up contracts or giving a general commercial um, or le- legal advice on commercial relationships, I suppose. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much. I think we had scheduled this a couple of times. I'm pretty sure you had COVID in the meantime. I did. did it go I pretty did. quickly for you? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest week or two of my life, but, um, you know, got through it. Okay. Thankfully. So, uh, you know, be thankful for that. At this point I haven't had it. So I'm like, I'm starting to feel like excluded. Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I get it? <laughs> I can assure you that uh, you're not um, you're not you're not missing out that much. <laughs> I keep thinking if it gets really if it continues to be this crazy busy, I'm just gonna say that I have it and take a week off. 
no comment from me on that. <laughs> You're my lawyer. You have to keep that secret. <laughs> Thomas, thank you so, so much for your time today. We really You're appreciate welcome. it. Very welcome, Kimberly. Really enjoyed coming and uh, speaking to you. Apologies got a bit delayed by, you know, the old virus and all that. But um, I hope that that was uh, at least slightly useful and interesting um, just on this area of agency and principle that I think um, is an area of quite a lot of confusion, I think. Um, but as I say, you know, we're, we're um, established um, top 100 law firm. We have a website, you know, it's hcrlaw.com. Uh, if anyone wanted to... Um, wanted some more specific advice you know they're welcome to get in touch with us using that thank you yes if you're if you're one of our uk listeners or i suppose i should just say if you're one of our listeners from england yeah absolutely thank you thank you so much stay well thanks kimberly you too thanks all the best now thank you for being part of the business of design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.